Greetings, greetings. Welcome to the Books, Bud, and Black Love podcast. I'm your host. My name is Melanie. I am Melanin. I am the Cannabis Doula, and I'm so excited to welcome you back. It's been a minute since we've been here together on the Books, Bud, and Black Love podcast. So I, of course, have some really exciting news for you today. I recently announced my book is available for pre-order, The Cannabis Doula, The Transparent Enlightenment of My Own Rebirth, that journeys through the first 30 years of my own life and my own experiences, exposing societal ills and offering healing and inspiration to black women and other women who consume cannabis through essays and poetry, letters and blogs, self-reflection and meditation, and some really good stuff. This book has been in the process for, you know, in the works for a long time. So I'm really, really excited to share this information with so many women in my community women all over who are consuming cannabis to support women's health, consuming cannabis during pregnancy, while breastfeeding, or during the the postpartum experience. So this is my experience, you know, my journey into using cannabis holistically, using cannabis as medicine and toward enlightenment, and also using cannabis to support other women and families in their journey to consuming cannabis as medicine as well. So today, I am going to give you, you listeners of the Books, Bud, and Black Love podcast, a very special peek inside my first book, The Cannabis Doula. I'm so excited. So I'm going to start with giving you the dedication. So this book is dedicated for black girls who never made it out of the box that society places us in. For my sister girl, so sister and roomies. For mamas and for all mamas babies. For my hero, Toni Morrison, who said we must write. This book is dedicated to you. And onto the table of contents. And if you actually want to get a visual of me going through some of these same parts, feel free to check on out my YouTube channel. Go over there, check it out, subscribe, like the videos, share the videos. That's really for this conversation. And also, you know, get some inside. <laughs> so the table of contents is starting with the introduction. Then we moved on to like Water for Chocolate City, which we'll dive deeper into on today's episode of the Books, Blood, and Black Love podcast. The next section is called Revolutionary Motherhood, followed by the Cannabis Doula. Then it goes on and ends with a Black Girl's Guide to Holistic Cannabis Consumption. So it really brings into, you know, all of my experiences from the very beginning you know to the very end and how I started and how I've maintained my cannabis use um 
for supporting myself, my reproductive health and wellness, and for supporting my little ones as well. So that is the table of contents, and we are going to jump into some good stuff. So I'm going to share the opening quote, which I shared on social media as well as YouTube this week. Um, And it's a really powerful quote that I love. It really encompasses the essence of the Cannabis Zula book and really gives light into the experiences of Black women in general, but especially my experience as a Black woman, as a Black mother. So this is the opening quote. She does not know her beauty. She thinks her brown body has no glory. If she could dance naked under palm trees and see her image in the river, she would know. But there are no palm trees on the streets and dishwater gives back no images. And that is a poem by William Waring Cunney called No Images. And I first heard this poem recited by Dr. Maya Angelou. And it's a very powerful experience of mine um, as a teen. And I carry that quote with me as a reminder to always radiate and always reflect the image of black womanhood for other women and other black girls who are coming up behind me or coming up alongside of me. So I hope that this book reflects the image of black womanhood and I also hope it reflects the essence of my experience and gives you something to hold on to and to look toward as far as, you know, healing with cannabis, holistically with cannabis. Um, And I think that once we realize and we really look in the river and see our image, we will know the power of cannabis, you know, the essence of ourselves within nature. We will understand just how powerful we are as creators, as Black women, you know, creators of the universe. That's who we are. So I really hope that through this work, you see your image reflected. So this is a perfect time for a smoke break. I have some LA chocolate here, which is one of my favorite strains that I consume on a very regular basis. It's definitely in my rotation. LA Chocolate, this particular strain is grown by G-Leaf, my, I like to call them my cultivators. (laughs) Here in Maryland, they're the only person, only uh, cultivators that actually buy flour from. They cultivate very high quality cannabis flour, medicinal marijuana um, here in Maryland. It's great. If you ever get a chance to check out LA Chocolate, do so. I highly recommend it. It has a very great variety of cannabinoids 
um, and terpenes present. Um, this strain is more like a hybrid, so it really gives you a great balanced, um, very great balanced experience. Um, so that's what I'm smoking right now. Currently, I encourage you to grab your flower as well and consume with me. I'm next going to read an excerpt from another section in the Cannabis Zula book. So I'm going to jump on over the introduction and share some poetry from the first section called like Waterford Chocolate City. This section contains poetry of my experience that I wrote while consuming cannabis. Um, I really do feel like cannabis gave me the great uh, creative outlet in order to express this poetry. So that's why it's included in the book. And it's definitely very relative to my experience as a black woman, why I consume cannabis, the societal ills that we experience, that uh, cannabis can be used to, you know, relieve the depression, anxiety, and PTSD related to these experiences. So I was able to use cannabis and I was able to express these things <laughs> through poetry. So I'm going to share just one poem from this section. So the section is called like Water for Chocolate City and I'm going to share the poem that's called like Water for Chocolate City. Like Water for Chocolate City. Between the cracks of government buildings leaks the tears of Africans. A city once flowing like the river, basking in the sweetness of La Chocolat, now dank with disorder and confusion. Corruption resides where love once was, violence and drugs polluted, brainwashed of black people leaving history diluted, the anger of gentrification refuted, stunting growth, for generations to come. Respect undone and replaced with hate. An invisible enemy welcomed brutality and sin. Oppression is strong in Babylon. Blood drips from the leaves, trees begging to return to freedom. One man's free world is but a prison for those who built it, for those of whom lie buried beneath it. Between the dark shadows of government buildings looms dark faces of homelessness and poverty, miseducating the very Negroes who descended here, bearing the fruit of shame. A slave by any other name is still a slave. Slaves in the farmlands of Zimbabwe, slaves in U.S. jails and slaves in our school hallways, Slaves to corporate greed, slaves in the streets of D.C., from Baltimore to L.A., and everywhere in between. They've enslaved a whole people to profit from a crop, cash from hemp and cotton, lashes from whips, chains and ships, people thrown overboard and forgotten. They've enslaved a whole people to profit from a crop, cash from hemp and cotton, outlawed the plants and the seeds that healed the bodies of many, poisoned the food and the flower, the water in Chocolate City. Weed to us is medicine, 
They've polluted it like water in cities like Flint. Cannabis cures, heals everything for them a place to profit. There is no healing trauma for black mamas, diseases and illness to prosper. Daughters weak, weep asleep like beloved. Cannabis aligns our chakras. Bringing balance and peace, joining yin and yang, bringing birth to black enlightenment. Graham said government-sponsored abortions are akin to eugenics. In misinformation and racism has polluted, polluted our politics. Propaganda fed to women since the very beginning of time so that we forget. They've colonized the herb, outlawed the midwives, calling Grams a witch. It's the job of white insecurity to disguise black worth, leaving no images of black women reflected in the river. Black mothers left dying to birth. Black children diagnosed with diseases born to a people working minimum wage, corporate slaves in neighborhoods ravaged and torn to pieces. No clean water in Chocolate City. Slave labor has never stopped while opioid use increases. Slaves to every industry in every town will happen to Chocolate City. Reparations are due from all of you making money from our blood. Flowing, flowing in the streets, our ancestors speak through us. The water will continue to rise and the fire next time will be higher and higher until the prison gates open and the broken are no longer tired. Until black mothers labor without any pain and our medicinal plants are free, cannabis cures heals everything like water for Chocolate City. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that piece from like Water for Chocolate City. And the awesome, an awesome fact about the book is that it was in, originally entitled like Water for Chocolate City. Um, but I really want people to get the message that it's about cannabis and the importance of us gaining information and gaining knowledge in order to consume cannabis holistically, return to our native traditions, which involves using cannabis and using herbs to really address a lot of the issues that we experience in the black community related to our health, related to our physical health, our mental health, you know, our interpersonal relationships, just a lot of things that we go through. So that was an excerpt. I hope you enjoyed that. Please let me know what you think. That's like Water for Chocolate City. There's plenty more where that came from. Definitely some stuff to look forward to in here. So you're definitely going to be in for a treat when we're talking about poetry in this book. So I hope you're ready for that. Next, I'd like to share a moment in time that really birthed me as a mother. And this is my first birth, Messiah's birth story. And this is in the section Revolutionary Motherhood of the Cannabis Studio Book. Let's be real, having a baby is a trip. 
Motherhood is a real journey. Giving birth is like being reborn, and my journey into motherhood has very much been like navigating through these phases of growth, sometimes rather simply, with ease and grace, and other times stumbling or more literally crying my way through. Motherhood can be simply completely overwhelming, and then at other times there's the sheer joy and gratitude that comes from being able to cuddle and kiss, nurse, and love on this baby that I've created and loved and carried for nearly the whole of 2016. Childbirth is a miracle. As the ancient African proverb states, it takes a village to raise a child. And as I have learned more recently through my journey into motherhood, it takes a village to birth a mother. (laughs) As I hold my beautiful brown baby, I'm reminded of the truth, purity, and all that I have chosen to endure for the health and well-being of my little boy, who is now one year old. He reminds me of love and honesty and the responsibility I have to share that with others and to teach and mold future generations of Black children. Throughout my entire pregnancy with Messiah, I had heard horror stories from first-time moms of 15-hour labors with unheard-of amounts of pain, women needing all types of drugs, for pain relief and stories of how birth is disgusting and unpleasant, how doctors and nurses are usually rude, demanding, and impatient during labor. I had rarely heard women talk about their actual labors positively, if they had stories of it, if they told stories of it at all. That is until I started to seek out the narratives of women who enjoy giving birth and viewed birth as a peaceful, loving, spiritual, and orgasmic experience. Whether we experience some pain or no pain, childbirth is the most natural experience on earth. I, have, I had always dreamed of having a home birth, and throughout my entire pregnancy, I battled with the idea that in some ways I would have to relinquish control of my body and my baby to medical professionals who wouldn't know me or my vagina from the next woman and potentially birth in a place completely unknown and foreign to me. My pregnancy really made me realize this sort of unconscious distrust that I had had with hospitals and doctors who often viewed pregnancy as a surgical unnatural procedure requiring all types of intervention. I knew that I would have to take control of my health care from the very beginning through education, research, and my own intuition. I feel completely empowered to own my pregnancy and my birth experience. As women, especially women of color, we often relinquish control and power that we have over our bodies and pregnancies without even realizing that we're doing it. We easily submit to our doctor's opinions without doing our own research. We willingly accept the advice of other women and our family members, no matter how outdated, disproven, or misinformed that advice may be. We are the experts of our bodies and our babies, whether we have a medical degree or not. 
Women have been birthing babies since the beginning of time without any assistance of doctors for just as long. It's instinctual. For me, owning my pregnancy meant maintaining a healthy, balanced diet or because of nausea, sometimes not. Drinking gallons and gallons of alkaline water and herbal tea. Reading, researching, and doing prenatal yoga religiously. I rode my bike. I slept when I needed to. I cried when I wanted to. I was completely crazy and at times irrational, but it was all a part of the process. I found a healthier alternative to drinking the sugary glucose drink that doctors try to make mamas drink to test for gestational diabetes. I switched doctors multiple times. Until I find I found the midwives and the birth center that I, that was right for me and my family, I even changed insurance providers. I resigned from my amazing but tiring gardening job, cultivating medicinal marijuana, and settled at a nonprofit organization founded by Black women that offers maternity support services to low-income Black women, and that would let me bring Messiah to work with me post-maternity leave. I found my village and childbirthing classes that fit my lifestyle, which is sadly too inaccessible to low-income young, black, first-time, not married, but not single moms like me. I had the birth that I had been chanting, meditating, and praying for. I believe that all women are entitled to a positive, peaceful birth experience, whether that means, whatever that means to her. Women birth how they live. A midwife said to me when I was pregnant, and for me, it was completely true. If my mother could have four children completely natural, I knew without a doubt that I could too. Although I had planned to have a water birth, and was even a little disappointed that Messiah's birth didn't go exactly as I planned. With my doula present and pictures and videos to share, I'm grateful to have had an intimate moment at home with just the three of us. And I am even more grateful that both Messiah and I are healthy and safe. But if so many women are giving birth in situations where they feel they have no control, scared, uninformed, or unsupported, what does that say about the lives of women in our society as a whole? I hope that we begin to change the way we view birth and pregnancy in our communities and take real ownership of our reproductive rights. I gave birth to Messiah on October 2nd, 2016, 10 days before the doctor's guest date. It was a rainy Saturday, and I had no idea that I was in labor. I had spent the entire morning organizing our nursery and meditation room, doing prenatal yoga, and listening to my HypnoBabies tracks. HypnoBabies is a childbirth education course that uses hypnosis or hypnobirthing. It's actually medical-grade hypnosis to help families have a peaceful and natural birth. After binge watching Luke Cage on Netflix, 
Jackson and I had, we took a long nap. I made brownies while Jackson went out to get Chipotle for dinner. Baby cravings. Around this time, I had started feeling what I thought at the time were Braxton Hicks. They were barely noticeable and only caused a little discomfort, so I didn't take them to be any serious labor contractions or what hypnobabies calls pressure waves. After an hour or two, I had barely touched my Chipotle and was disgusted by the brownies that I had been craving just hours before. Jackson, my amazingly patient and peaceful fiancé, birth partner, and Messiah's daddy, read the hypnobabies script to me in bed to help me relax, which had become our nightly routine while we were taking the birthing class. I realized that I had some spotting, which I knew meant labor was coming either within a few hours or a couple days, and I had started to become nervous. The script really helped to soothe me and prepare my mind for the, for the experience that my body and my baby would soon have. After we finished the script, it was around 11 p.m. I had some more spotting, so I finally decided to tell Jackson. That's a good thing, he said. That means he's coming. The words instantly melted all of my fear and hesitation away. We thought that we'd have several hours and a few days until labor would pick up because that was because this was my first birth and there is this idea that the first that first time moms are usually in labor for several hours to a few days before any a baby arrives. So we didn't worry. We had planned to have a water birth at a birthing center with midwives and our doula supporting us. Since Mosiah's bags were already packed, we just had to get our things ready. Nonetheless, we started packing our birthing bags to prepare for the birthing center as the whole idea of actually having a baby starts to seem more real. Before I could even put my things in my bag, my pressure waves, aka contractions, became more intense and uncomfortable. I wouldn't describe it as pain, more like heavy pressure in my pelvis, making it uncomfortable for me to walk or move too quickly. I immediately think to take a bath to help ease the discomfort, so I take a quick bath. The pressure waves were coming more regularly now, so Jackson calls the midwife to tell who tells us to start to time the contractions and call her back in 45 minutes. I get out of the bathtub and we go to the couch to start to time the contractions. It's 12.45 a.m. at this point and the waves are now around three to five minutes apart and moving from 30 seconds to almost two minutes in duration. I had the intense urge to push, so I did. And after three of those, I gave birth to Messiah Maxwell around 1.13 or so, <laughs> right there on the couch in our living room. With a Hypnobabies track playing on my phone, I sat there in between Jackson's legs on the black leather sectional and birthed our baby. His head is coming out 
I remember saying so calmly, like I knew what was going on the whole time. <laughs> I didn't. And definitely neither did Jackson. I had never seen him so frantic. Running for towels and stumbling on the phone with the midwife, it was truly classic. Just imagine our surprise. Our accidental, unassisted home birth. It was the perfect birth for me. Really, Messiah came into the world perfectly healthy. Six pounds, 7.5 ounces, and 20 inches of black boy joy. If Messiah's birth story sounds perfect, <laughs> magical, peaceful, and wonderful, it's because it was all of those things. Because Messiah himself, is truly all of those things and because our bodies are perfectly capable of birthing without intervention. For that, I am very proud. Literally, the moment we got off the couch is when the real journey began. Motherhood. And that was Messiah's birth story. I hope you enjoyed it. From the section Revolutionary Motherhood of my first book. I hope you really enjoyed that story. I love Messiah's birth story. It was a truly revolutionary moment. A moment in my life that really birthed what I'm doing now. It really gave birth to my doula work. It gave birth to the cannabis doula and all of my experiences. So in... The chapter Revolutionary Motherhood. You'll see my birth story, but you'll also see letters that I wrote to Messiah while I was pregnant with him and afterwards, and sharing all the details of my experience during that time. So that is Revolutionary Motherhood. hope you enjoyed that and just so you know I do have some love letters to Mars in here too which is my second baby so you know his birth story is also in the book as well I share all the details of my experience so you will have all the goods so in the final section of the cannabis doula the book <laughs> I share a Black Girl's Guide to Holistic Cannabis Consumption. And this is really all about the information that I share in my courses, the Holistic Cannabis Consumption, Pregnancy, Childbirth, and Postpartum Online course, as well as the Cannabis and Family Wellness course. So I share all the jewels, <laughs> all the gems that you could possibly need to encourage you not only to make informed decisions on cannabis, use during pregnancy and as a woman to support women's health but you know just to guide your consumption and to help you and encourage you to reach out schedule a consultation take a class uh, learn more about cannabis all that good stuff so that is the Holistic Guide to Cannabis Consumption. I wish I could share more with you on that, <laughs> but I feel like that is just a gem 
really the jewels of the whole book. It really wraps up everything and how I've been able to transform the pain from my experience into medicine, specifically into cannabis medicine. So I'm very excited to share this information with you. Obviously, some disclaimers. I'm not giving any medical advice in this book. So um, if you are pregnant, if you are consuming cannabis, just know that I still encourage you to make an informed decision, make a shared decision with you and your doctor. So talking to your doctor about cannabis, get support from the cannabis doula if you have a doula who is um, supporting you, encourage her to reach out to learn more about cannabis and all that good stuff. So just a reminder that I'm not giving any medical advice in this book. I'm not encouraging or even promoting the use of cannabis during pregnancy, just supporting families in getting the education that they need in order to make an informed decision. And that's very, very important. As we're talking about cannabis medicine and supporting women and families who have been victims of the war on drugs and cannabis prohibition, we're going to go through all of that. (laughs) In the book, I talk about cannabis and African culture, African history, cannabis and black women, um, what my dreams are for melanated mothers and melanated families. And all that good jazz. (laughs) So I recently started teaching parent education here in D.C. And I'm so happy to share that I'll be incorporating, obviously, cannabis education into the work that I do and supporting families and communities and organizations here in D.C. I'll also be teaching childbirth education more, um, with organizations, partnering with hospitals, and all that good stuff. I'm so excited because families definitely need this information and we need the support and we need to come together to really shatter the stigma and really move the conversation on cannabis medicine to support women and families and children. We really need to get together, collaborate, organize in order to move this education and this platform forward so i encourage you as you are supporting the cannabis doula to continue to support the cannabis doula share Um, i'll be speaking at the dmv um, perinatal mental health symposium on november 9th and i just recently spoke at the Reproductive Futurism virtual gathering, sharing cannabis medicine, pregnancy, and childbirth. So I will continue to do the same, and I thank you for your support. This concludes... This episode of the Books, Bud, and Black Love podcast, I thank you so much for joining in, for taking the time to listen to me read my first book, The Cannabis Doula. I thank you for everyone who pre-ordered 
Um, PayPal actually ended up shutting down my payment processing because I was getting a lot of pre-orders. And they were like, um, no, <laughs> this is cannabis related. So I'm still working on getting my payment processing back up. But pre-orders are currently closed. So I thank you so much for supporting, for pre-ordering. The Cannabis Doula is set to release on the first day of Kwanzaa which is December 26th. I hope you are ready. I hope you're ready to celebrate Kwanzaa this year in such a big way. I'm super excited. I hope you are too. I hope that you continue to shatter the stigma, continue to support the cannabis doula. There's a lot of um, cannabis censorship and prohibition on social media that currently makes it hard and limiting for me to share the information and education that I feel like really needs to get out to families. But thankfully, I'm working with community-based organizations. I'm working with parents and families and really putting boots on the ground to shatter the stigma, to further the conversation. And I'm thankful, very thankful for being able to share joy, share my experience, Share my healing with all of you because this is me healing. (laughs) This is literally me sharing my entire life experiences openly and honestly and how I've been able to cultivate medicine from the pain of my experience. And I hope I encourage you to do the same with your own life's journey. We are all alchemists. We all have the power to change poison into medicine. And this is exactly what the Cannabis Doula is. It's the transparent enlightenment of my own rebirth. And I thank you for taking the time and letting me share this with you. Peace.